The year was 2014. Electric car maker Tesla opened up all its patent to everyone who was willing to use it in good faith. The reason they gave was making innovation accessible to everyone helped electric car industry in general. Now of course, like every business decision, this was clearly meant to help Tesla in more than one way. But that's beside the point here. I use this example to show how leaders can help the popularity of their own trade. Now flip this example on its head and what you get is the South Africa Australia test series debacle. This particular incident not only shows how much leeway some cricketing boards have, but it also deters nations who are trying to popularize cricket. This is the Cricket Social podcast. I am Akshay and with me as usual is my co-host Janak. So Janak, as you would have guessed by now, I feel very passionately about the cancellation of Australia South Africa series. But before I continue with my rant, I want to give you a chance to interject. <laughs> I think I can pretty much share the same feelings uh, that you have. Not entirely happy with the cricket Australia, but then as I read more and try to understand more, I do understand you know where they are coming from and why they decided to cancel that tour. And it's more to do with the mental space in which Australian players are. I think that has a lot to do. And uh, just like a month ago, England were in South Africa, and that tour had to be stopped midway because of rising COVID cases. So I can understand uh, Australia sharing those concerns, but at the same time, I think South Africa was working really hard to make that tour possible and trying to give them as much assurance as possible. But despite that, Australia was not convinced. So yeah, sad thing to happen, but I guess I'm 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 on both sides at the moment. <laughs> I mean, I can understand that Cricket Australia had concerns and that's valid. They are there for their players and they want to safeguard them, right? But the part that infuriates me is the requests that were made to Cricket South Africa were kind of ridiculous and they obliged to each and every request. And I mean, just to give you a synopsis, uh, they asked for stricter than the global standards for quarantine, right? So they have asked all the staffs who is organizing the game to be quarantined for three weeks before they start to go into a biosecure bubble. South Africa agreed to that. Then Australia said that, okay, we are going to get a chartered plane inside one of your biggest international airport and we want VVIP level clearance for all of our players. South Africa obliged to that. And then at the, at the last moment, like this is three weeks before the game and they have asked a whole resort to be reserved for their players. South Africa obliged. It went to a stage where their health minister had to give assurance to Cricket Australia that everything will be done to make sure that the players are safe. I mean, I understand there are concerns, but you can't just do that three weeks before a tour is supposed to start where South Africa is trying to jump every possible hoop to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, great effort from South Africa to make that tour possible. But I think what they were not able to do or rather... You know, Australia was not able to convince themselves that with all these facilities and, and all the conditions that they have put down, even if South Africa are able to meet that, I think mentally they still have that block. Their players still have that block because in Australia, I read that in one of their states, there was just one COVID case of some waiter in a, in a restaurant or something and they closed down the whole city for that for that reason. So they, they do have very high standards. And then when it comes to players, you know, for what was at stake, uh, the World Test Championship, knowing that it's going to be critical for them to win that, to be able to make it to the final, still they chose this. That means serious 
considerations have been made. So, I mean, I, I'm as a cricket fan, I'm not happy. I think those two are great test playing nations. Although South Africa at the moment is not playing their best cricket, but it's still very, very much, you know, intriguing to watch a test game in South Africa. Uh, but I think I can understand what Australia is trying to do here. Yeah, but the part that I'm not convinced about is how much leeway certain cricketing nations have over the rules, right? And specifically, I'm looking at England, India and Australia. If you think about it right now, India just finished a tour of Australia. England is in India. In summer, India goes to England and then England goes to Australia. So that's good for blockbuster test tours we're talking about being played in three nations. That's pretty much it. And at a point when you're trying to encourage test cricket happening globally or even the popularity of cricket globally, this is not really welcoming to any nation who is trying to, you know, get their, their foot in the door. So I, I feel like this is this is a point where ICC needs to step in. But again, considering how much leverage these three boards have, I, I don't really think anything is going to happen to them. But again, it's really disappointing, especially if, if I'm looking at it from an outsider's perspective and, you know, looking at test cricket being good advertisement for cricket in general. I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think these three nations have got too much leverage at the moment. But at the same time, it's not just because, uh, you know, they have the money factor. It's also the fact that these three are the ones who are playing the best cricket at the moment. So any tour involving them, is going to be a feast for the fans and especially you know when two of these three teams are playing uh, at the same time yeah but there has to be some kind of mechanism to be able to control them try and put everybody at the same level and uh, you know something like this pakistan cricket board has been telling for a few years now <laughs> uh, but obviously right if a team is not performing well uh, you have your own internal problems then it doesn't make a case yeah, that, that's unfortunate. That yeah. The contenders making the noise are, are not really in the best position. So that definitely puts them on a back foot. But that's unfortunate. But on the flip side, uh, we have had some really good advertisement for Test Cricket in the past few days. Matches going on right down to the last session on day five. Yeah, absolutely. And then the most interesting one for me was West Indies versus Bangladesh. I think if you compare the teams, it's more like India, Australia are at the same level and West Indies, Bangladesh are at the same level. And uh, going back to, to your point, right, where these nations get all the popularity, I don't think a lot of hype was given, a lot of, uh, you know, coverage was given to West Indies versus Bangladesh, despite West Indies playing so well, somebody chasing 385, scoring a double hundred on debut in fourth inning. In the fourth inning, yep. It's no mean feat. But yeah, I'm very happy that these tests are kind of going down to the wire and uh, I do think like, you know, T20 cricket is playing a role here because now chasing at four and over, four and a half and over in test cricket is going to be normal. Yeah, and that, that's a good point because I'm looking at the way the last session panned out for West Indies particularly. It, it was a no-brainer that T20 had a huge impact in that, right? Because if you look at the way they went around their batting and especially in the last session when Mayers took charge. And I think he scored 49 of the 61 required or something like that, which is just phenomenal. And considering that his, it's his debut on a fourth day in subcontinent, that's all like already challenging enough. But and it's typical it. West Indies, right? A standard <laughs> deliver. He hits over like seven or eight sixes. So that's, well, that's very good. I mean, as long as you, know, you are getting the runs for your team, uh, whether you 
कहते थे ना पुजारा फैशन और अपंत फैशन और और माया फैशन इट जस्ट डजंट मैटर टू मी या एंड आई थिंक इट्स रियली गुड टू सी दैट अटैकिंग नेचर और टीम्स गोइंग फॉर विन दैट हैज बीन द बिग शिफ्ट दैट वी हैव सीन सो यू कैन गो बैक टू बेन स्टोक्स डूइंग अ हेडिंगली राइट पंत हेल्पिंग अस आउट इन गाबा right and then this game here so these are the kind of games where at the morning of the fifth day people are like okay do they do they just go play for a draw or do they go for a win and when you think about it the teams and the batting teams are not even thinking about a draw they are like okay we are going to go for it i think two things i one is the t20 and then the second thing is as like the this new generation i don't think they trust their defense that much instead they trust uh, playing their shots which is which is fine because they play it really well just look at how chubman gill played in brisbane uh, right four balls before lunch and he is upper cutting mitchell stark for a six <laughs> that's that's the courage and that's the confidence that these youngsters have so i don't yeah if test cricket can uh, you know produce this kind of matches then i don't think test cricket is going anywhere and i i feel test cricket is going to be much more interesting than a t20 cricket so it's like a netflix series if you might right like you start with day 1 and then by episode 5 you don't know what's going to happen and then in the last 5 minutes of the episode voila there is a big reveal yeah. so i think that that's going to help uh, with the charm of test cricket but yeah speaking of charm joe root what is he doing <laughs> another test i thought you know is going to go down the wire but it did not but you just cannot i think the star of the match was jodi he set it up very nicely in the first inning his double century you know to get that big score and then i think even in the second innings if you look he played pretty fast like 40 of 32 balls so he he came out with intent didn't look uncomfortable if you have scored like three centuries in back to back games i'm pretty sure you're seeing the ball as a football and it's no big deal that from the moment you step in you start hitting but again uh, taking no credit away from him especially i love the way he batted in the first inning and that kind of allowed them to anchor everything around him because when ben stokes came in he was already pretty set and that that kind of gave freedom to the relatively inexperienced batting lineup because that was one of the concerns how well is the batting lineup uh, the english batting lineup going to hold up against spin particularly in indian condition and i think he was sweeping at will and that kind of frustrated bowlers like sundar or even nadeem who are not really the experienced campaigners in the squad and that kind of you know takes the bite out of your attack because sharma bumrah and ashwin they were doing pretty good and he found the weak links and he exploited it like crazy and i think that's the beauty of being in such such a purple patch and it it completely unsettles the bowlers it unsettles the captain as well because he cannot have a one side feed usually you know they block off one side and then keep bowling there you know exactly what happened in australia but if somebody like root who has all the shots in his book then it's very difficult to set a field attacking field for him right and and set up set set him up uh, for a for a wrong shot or a, or a mistake but yeah full credit to him and i would also say the sri lankan dude did a lot of good to to the whole english side it was pretty much a practice series for them before yeah. this big series and we talked about that in our last episode right uh, although the quality of the bowlers i would say was lower but then the pitch and and the whole condition i think they they were able to acclimatize way before than a standard tour uh, would allow them to do yeah and even like considering how far how, how long india has been away from home especially in test setup i think england were better prepared than india was 
for this particular game, right? Because before this, most of the players were out on IPL, which happened in UAE this year. Then they had the long long tour of Australia, so they pretty much haven't played much cricket, especially red ball cricket, and in home conditions for a while. I mean, agreed, they they grew up in these conditions, but still making that shift, it it still takes time, right? And unfortunately, the pitch or the toss, neither of them were in India's favor. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I feel like a, a major chunk of the game was already decided at toss because you could tell that both the teams wanted to bat first and bat long. Unfortunately, it was in England's favor, and they did make most of it right because winning toss is one part of the equation, but then making sure that you make it count is another. Which I think Root and team did a phenomenal job of that. Absolutely. I mean, I think toss played a part, but I also feel that India batted poorly in their first innings. They could have easily got hundred more runs and and cut down the the lead. But uh, nevertheless, I think credit to England team. Uh, in second innings, I think they were bowled out for one seventy eight, and then everybody started giving India a chance that they might chase it down. I was not too optimistic, right? It doesn't. You don't have like Brisbane and Sydney kind of games every every other two. And and the pitch played the part there. And 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 to your point, right about India being not prepared, they played four tests in Australia against quickies, and then suddenly, you know, the dust on the on the pitch and and all the cracks and all it it probably new conditions for them. So I guess that all also played played a role. But I think they will bounce back. And one thing, yeah, Jimmy Anderson. I think the way he reverse swung in the last inning, Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, nobody did that in the four tests. So that was like an X factor or a completely new factor for the Indian batsmen to handle. Yeah, I think there was a lot of talk going on. Oh, fifth day turning track. What are Leach and Best gonna do? And then Anderson was like, "Here, hold my beer." And then he does his thing. But yeah, that, that was some beautiful bowling from Anderson. And I guess that's that's why you end up with 610 wickets as a fast bowler. Because that, there was a lot of talk that oh, Anderson outside the English conditions not that effective. But here, especially the way he bowled on day five, it was. Amazing. Did have a little bit of support from the pitch, but still, nonetheless, making the ball swing and getting it in the right area, especially with the wickets of Gill and Rahane in the same over. I think that kind of broke India's pack. Any possibility of them putting up a defense was just ruined at that point. So I definitely, I think within a space of three or four balls, he just broke India's spine, and then it left a lot for Virat Kohli to do. Uh, Pant, as you know, he's always going to be that hit and miss kind of player. So, yeah, I think it was too much for Virat Kohli to do. And Anderson experience, I think uh, you, you cannot, you know, compete against experience. You may have a, like an off day or something like that. But he showed, right, why he needs to be in the team ahead of Stuart Broad. And uh, credit to Jofra Archer as well, right? He bowled really well in the first innings. That's what put Indians on the back foot in the first innings. So, I guess it was a good all-round show from England, whereas for India, Sundar played well, maybe Gil uh, and Kohli in the second innings, but not much uh, otherwise. Yeah, I think from Indian perspective, there were uh, patches of good performance here and there, but none of them was really impactful per se, right? Because mm-hmm. Ashwin getting the six wickets, uh, Shubman getting his 50, Kohli getting his 50. Sundar playing the way he did, I think they weren't enough as a team effort to you know get you past the line. I mean, honestly, it's a defeat at home and a lot is being made of it. But I'm not really concerned with this because unfortunately, you know, it was one of the situations where the toss played a very big factor and the opponent captain just rolled you over with his double century. And I, I don't expect this to happen inning after inning, right? So it was one of those things. So I'm not really worried about that. 
But the part that I'm worried about is what this does to India's chances of playing in England in the WTC. I guess more than that, you know, the toss is uncontrollable. So nobody should worry about that. Regarding the WTC, I guess even that I don't think anybody needs to think about. Uh, at least the players should not be thinking about it. They have to win all matches. They have to go with the mindset of winning all the matches, irrespective mm-hmm. of you know WTC. But as a team and as an Indian fan, what I'm slightly worried about is Rohit Sharma and Ajinkya Rahane. I don't think they they are playing as senior batsmen. Uh, Rahane, nothing to take away from him what he did in Australia, but consistency is something that's not there. And for Rohit. He plays good shots, but he gets out at the wrong time. And that happened in Australia as well. It didn't have impact on the result. But I would like, you know, those guys to get some big hundreds, especially Rohit at the top and even Rahane. Otherwise, if if a Sundar can play such a good innings, then what is stopping these guys? I mean, they are great players. It's just some something that they need to, you know, correct and make sure that they start performing well. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And especially with Rahane, I think we spoke about this when we had Sanket on our podcast. Is with him, you will always see one knock per series, which will be the series defining or series saving knock per se. But the problem is that there is just one knock like that. And but if I he think- plays, if he plays that knocks early on, then he shouldn't be playing that series saving knocks because India doesn't have to save the series. Right? <laughs> so nothing. I guess I don't have any issues with them. I just want them to do, you know, well. And I think because they are two good players, you know, whose holds don't really justify, you know, their talent or their skills or their experience. Absolutely. And particularly with Rohit Sharma, it's again, it's like watching his one-day career over again. You know, like when when Rohit Sharma started, I was a big fan of him. I still am. Uh, But the part that used to frustrate me early on in his career was that he would get those runs, but then get out at inopportunate moments. Right. He wouldn't make them count. It's only in the past decade that he has been able to do it. And unfortunately, it seems like it's the same story over with his red ball career. He has shown what he can do at the top of the order. But unfortunately, the returns haven't been consistent. What what he has done in one day is because he was backed for almost five years or even more by Dhoni. He was promoted up the order. But at that time, he was young. Right, He was in his yep. mid-20s or early 20s. Now he's almost getting towards the end. I think he's 33. I would say another three or four years of cricket left in him. I really want him to flourish in test cricket for the, for the next three or four years. So him, Pujara, Kohli and Rahane, if they flourish and in the meantime, Pant and Gil also become mature, well, I think we are going to be the unbeatables at least for half a decade. Yeah. Speaking of Gil, what do you make of his knocks? <laughs> the way he batted in the fourth inning, it looked like you know there is nothing that can get him out. Then Anderson happened, unfortunately for him. But I think as a fan, I'm let, left a little disappointed where he hasn't been able to get a century. Nothing against him. He has been playing superbly. And I feel like he has more or less played according to the situation of the game. He hasn't been reckless or too careful. But at the end of the day, I really want him to get a century in this series. I think it's a lack of experience, you know, which can happen to any player. But he has already shown enough evidence that he has got class and he has that temperament to... Uh, succeed at that high level. So I would say he's only going to get better. Uh, one thing, probably something he acknowledged while in, on Australia tour is that, you know, to get out at the wrong time. So he got out to Cummins. It was his last over in the spell. So something he he realized that, you know, he should have played him out. So I think those are the things uh, that mental framework, how to build an innings. 
I think those things, if he can learn, then you will see big scores from him. And it's not that, uh, you know, he is like hit and miss. He, he has got like proper cricketing shots. So he will he will be you know, improving, I would say. Yeah, and th- there is no complaint about the way he goes around his game, right? Like be it the first ball of his inning or like towards, you know, mid of his inning, wherever he plays, like all his shots are very controlled and it's never, you don't really see slogging from him. So that adds to the charm of his batting. But unfortunately, it also adds to the frustration of a fan where he's like, you are playing so beautiful. You should be in three digits at some point now. He's only four tests old, right? And he's 22. So I think just need to be patient, leave him alone, I guess. Uh, He'll definitely do well. At least I'm looking for a good next 12, 15 years of his batting. If he doesn't play for next 10 or 15 years, I think it will be a loss for Indian team. I I don't think that's going to happen, especially the way he's batting. But the other batsman that I was taken back with was Sundar. I mean, the way he batted, I feel like he might not be able to do a Steve Smith where he comes in as a bowler and ends up becoming the world's number one ranked test batsman. But I feel like if someone can get close to that, this could be this guy. Yeah, I don't know about him being closer to Steve Smith, but he's definitely making a case for himself as a batsman. And that's where, you know, my earlier point about Ajinkya Rahane, he needs to step up. Because if Sundar can keep playing this way, and then he also offers that bowling option, then you have like Bihari and Ahul and Mayank, uh, Jadeja, Hardik Pandey, a lot of people for that number six spot. That That's where Rahane needs to step up. But then talking about Sundar, I guess when he played that knock in Australia, I read one article, I, I guess Rahul Dravid was telling somebody that keep an eye on Sundar. He's, he's very calm for his age. He has batted up the order for Chennai in the domestic circuit. So he knows he, he's a proper batsman. He's not like a makeshift batsman or a makeshift opener. Yeah, just keep an eye on him. And I would say if he develops into a good batsman, and if he learns from Ashwin all the bowling tricks, then I think we have got a solid all-rounder at number six or number seven. Yeah, especially a left-handed all-rounder, which is going to be a good replacement once you know, you're know you past Jadeja. In fact, you can play Jadeja, Ashwin and Sundar all at the same time, whether it's in Australia or England or, or India. Right? Especially in India, you need three spinners anyway. You know, had Jadeja not been injured, then he would have played in place of Nadi. So, I think those are really good signs. So, hope he keeps developing, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really pleased with the way he batted, especially with the lower order. The six that he hit Anderson over his head. I mean, that was the point where he realized, you know, he's running out of options and he has to take it upon himself. And I think that kind of maturity was really critical in that moment. Unfortunately, it didn't last long enough, but at least the initiative was there, right? Because in the past, we have seen that Sometimes low middle order batsmen struggle to read the game and hog the strike. In Sundar's case, he was very proactive in that. Like there was, I remember there was one of Archer's over and he got a single thinking that it's going to be the last ball of the over. And unfortunately, Archer bowled a no ball. So that was a quick single. But that that kind of game readiness or being mindful of what the situation is, I think I was impressed more about that. I think that's where I guess people in the India domestic circuit talking about him being calm and, and having that temperament. So that comes out as a good match awareness and he looks to be a good reader of the game. So he will be a very good ad- addition down the order where a tail is, you know, I guess we have spoken uh, before, <laughs> a tail is so long. <laughs> After four or five wickets, it's almost like, okay, the game can get over in the next five hours. Well, hopefully, once Jadeja is back, we get to see him in action as well. Um, but yeah. Oh, 
one thing I, I don't know if it's because of the highs of Australia or if it is actually a problem. I'm not feeling this coverage. I'm not feeling the coverage of the whole series. I mean, first of all, it's very unusual to see a game in India where you don't have crowds. So that kind of drops the level already. I mean, they have, you know, the artificial sounds and whatnot, which is good. But again, it's not the same thing. But the coverage itself, I can't keep myself up to watch it. I Yeah, I, I think I have the same feeling. I don't think I'm feeling... Even India lost, I didn't... I mean, it, it doesn't feel good when India loses, but... Uh, you know, I think I'm I'm still thinking I'm still in that zone of Australia series, right? So that's one thing. And then, yeah, the way the coverage is, I think it was far better in that series compared to here. And and the point that there's no crowd, there's, there's going to be crowd in the second test, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, you know, what capacity they're going to allow. But uh, yeah, hope all those things, you know, kind of generate more enthusiasm. And and if India starts playing well, then again we we will be hooked as much as you know we were for for the Australia series. Hopefully, I mean things can only get better from here, right? Right, folks. That's all we have from this week's episode of the Cricket Social Podcast. We'll catch up with you next week, same place, same time. Until then, it's goodbye from us. <laughs>